So hello and welcome everybody. My name is Amber Winston, and I'd like to welcome you to the Return of Ritual online show, um, where we're gonna dive into the rich topic of sacred ritual across multiple cultures to really uncover how this has been an integral part of societies for millennia, for tribes, for people on their own healing journeys. And I fundamentally believe that sacred ritual or ceremony or rites of passage have really been stripped from our modern society. And I am really passionate about learning um, about these sacred rituals and how we can slowly start to implement them back into our modern society. So today I have a really fantastic speaker with us. Um, I know him through a circle of, of different people that I've studied with, with my shamanic studies. And so it's an absolute honor to meet uh, John Rasmussen here today, Shaman John. So welcome. Thank you. It's my honor completely. Great. Well, it's so wonderful to have you. And I know you have a rich shamanic practice. I know you're very versed in the topic of shamanism. I'd really just like to begin um, by having you just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you have landed on this shamanic path. Sure. Yeah. I, um, I had a, you know, kind of a strange childhood, I guess, you know, I had some of these gifts, which I think is fairly typical when you're born to do this work uh, ultimately. And, you know, but there was not a lot of context for it. So I tried to fit in best I could and be like my older brothers and kind of get into life the way you should and, and uh, kind of went down this path of wanting to be an astronaut. And so I got a degree in engineering and then I ended up just working in sort of Silicon Valley and traveling the world. But in the meantime, I started to study all the things that really interested me, which were the, you know, the healing traditions and spiritual and religious and, and you name it, everything I could get my hands on and finding the healers in, in different places that I went. Finally, was very, you know, sort of really desperate in a way to find my real calling, my real work. And I asked one of my healers what that might be, the visionary guy, an energy medicine guy. And he went to his guides in his altered state and he came back and he said, I got the words mediator of souls between the worlds. And I went, I don't know what that means. And he didn't know what it meant. A few years later, I found Alberto Vialdo's book, Shaman Healer Sage, and went to his workshop. And that's the first thing he said is a shaman is just a mediator of souls between the worlds. And that's it. I just, you know, was frightened to death. I didn't think I could do any of this. I was, you know, which is good. I think a good sign in some ways. And I asked him about it. He said, oh, yeah, you know, that's the thing. And so I, I went in through his training and and on top of the many other things that I had trained in up until then, different healing modalities, but you know, I just never considered myself any of this. So, so that was that. And then, you know, the work just started happening, um, the results, which is the whole point. And, uh, and people started telling other people and it hasn't stopped since like 20 years later, basically. 20 years. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah. So would you say you, as a young child, you, you really felt that you had these gifts? Do people kind of awaken to their gifts? Are they born with these gifts? Can you tell us a little bit about that? My sense at this point is that 
probably born with these gifts, you know, and there only kind of needs to be one person in the village this way, you know, so people have different roles in, in the theater here, but um, so, you know, we all kind of knew, at least my mom, who I was closest to, knew that I was different, you know, there, there was comments occasionally, because I, I would float out of my body when she put me to bed and I'd listen to her and her friends and I'd have answers about things I shouldn't. And so they knew I was odd, um, but nobody knew anything back then about the sixties, you know, I'm 50. So I was born in 63. So, you know, at least not in San Jose where I was raised. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I even had a psychologist friend who's a roommate of my brother's do his whole like master's thesis on me as an adolescent and even that showed that I was strange you know <laughs> and but but it was just the western paradigm of oh if he doesn't you know do this this and this then he's gonna end up you know having a difficult life or something like that and so right I didn't really nobody really knew but yeah I think um so it, it surprises me and it delights me tremendously to see now after all this time this sort of like increase in people's awareness of all of this and running into mm -hmm. more and more people I've always had sort of clients that have shown up or just people show up that this is who they are and they went whoa I think this is it and I would send them to the four winds uh, you know or help them in yep. any way I could but and it's just getting to be more and more and younger and younger that now that you know uh it's being recognized and and um i'm seeing it in children 10 and younger now where it's like oh mm. obviously this is it and they pick up on it and they you know i remember one little four-year-old girl with a family i was working with after the session the next morning her mom was walking by her bedroom window and she was facing each of the directions had i the way i had done and her mom said, what are you doing? And she said, I'm calling in my angels for the day. You know, so it was like, yeah. boom, you know, like, this, like just run with it, you know? And yeah. so that's what's truly amazing and exciting to me now is to see it growing and people owning it and, um, you know, running with it, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, I, um, I went through kind of a, uh, I don't know if it's, traumatic experience might be the right term, but it was a couple of years ago when I had a house flood mm -hmm. and I had a very significant experience happen um, and went to a couple of healers and they were the ones that said, you know, Amber, you need to study shamanism. And I was like, I don't even know what that word means. Right? You know, it was <laughs> like yeah. no idea. And then from that point on, it was just like, okay, find the shamans in the community so I could tell them about my experience and feel like I wasn't going insane. Yeah. And, and that's kind of how I went down that path. So I would agree that, you know, just a couple of years back, and I can't imagine, you know, in the sixties and seventies growing up, having maybe these, these gifts or these experiences, mm -hmm. probably nobody knew what, what was going on. Totally. Um, totally get that. <laughs> I didn't so, even know to put me on the spectrum. Like that didn't even exist. Like I, I had all those symptoms and nobody knew, Oh, he's autistic or he's this or he's that. So at least that's starting to become a thing now. And it doesn't yeah. always, I think people, it helps to understand that it doesn't always have to be a traumatic. I mean, yes, I had my death experiences mm -hmm. as well and all that. It's like, that's the hard way to do things. And mm -hmm. I only, you know, there's the easy way or the hard way. And I think the only reason the hard way showed up was because it was the only thing that could sort of shake us out of that. But 
But yeah. I'm seeing increasingly that people are coming to it much more graceful ways and nothing bad or traumatic mm-hmm. needs to happen. And they can just sort of go, oh, okay, yeah, okay, this is who I am. Let's get the training into it. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I And that brings me to kind of one of my one of my questions here um, a little further on, but I think it's timely now because that totally relates to, I needed somewhat of a kind of a wake up to send me down this path. And so in the shamanic studies, we often hear, you know, when spirit calls you answer. Mm -hmm. So I was hoping that you could kind of explain to the listeners, what does that mean? Um, And if, if people are feeling a calling and not really acting upon it, what's some coaching that we could provide for them so that they don't have, you know, the, the house blood or the traumatic experience and they can move more gracefully through transition. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. I think, I think probably the most important thing I could say about it, it's what came to me a little bit before our, our call here um, is that it, it's not as spectacular or doesn't have to be as spectacular as we've let, been led to believe, probably mostly from Hollywood and stuff that you need to have some sort of like, like all of this is like, there's lights floating in the room or <laughs> no, it's usually much, much more subtle. It's usually yeah. like, that's it. Like nothing really happened. You know, like I don't, you know, and it's, that's a little unsatisfying because we like drama and it would be fun if like big things happen. But I think what most people need to really get is that all of this work, including your ritual, you know, even if you're into it and you're, you know, you decide that you're going to use, you know, the ritual, the mythic layer, you know, you're going to engage in any of this energetic ritual ceremony. It doesn't need to be like a big deal that's very dramatic it's super it could be very subtle you just like a little intuitive hit or gee i kind of felt like that was happening or you know i had this hit that i should turn left and i kind of ignored it and i turned right and then there was the traffic or something like that and it's like Mm -hmm. you know yeah don't dismiss the very subtle and don't feel that if you're not doing a ritual or anything in some dramatic fashion that it's not working because it, that's not what's required. It's, it could be very nonchalant, very irreverent, very, and it still works. That's the beauty of it. That's the difference between the feminine and the masculine, right? This old myth and paradigm that it's got to be like hard and intense and disciplined. It's like, nope, it's just blow into a stick and throw it. You're good, you know? So, yeah. I don't know if that answered your question, but basically what people need to understand is that it, you might just have little subtle things occasionally that you feel or that you sense or that you knew. And that's it. Sometimes that's as, that's as psychic as it, as it gets, you know? Like, or it's just something that popped into your imagination, a little bit of a thought. It doesn't have to be you see it standing in the room. I think a lot of that is questionable anyway and dramatic, you know, more dramatics. So people need to know that those very small, little, subtle things going on could be the thing, the sign, or the validation that this is who they are and that they Mm. can pursue it without having to have the big things. I get it's funny related to this. I, all the people that ended up 
going to the four winds training because of, because they worked with me or somehow figured it out. Um, there's usually a point in the training where I get the phone call that says, I don't think this is for me. I want to come home. <laughs> Everyone else in the group is seeing all these things and I don't see anything. So I don't think this mm -hmm. is, for me, you know, and it, because you start to compare and you have some people that really get into the, Oh, you know, the sort of dramatics of it and make it yep. a big thing. Right. And it's like, no, 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 no. You just take what comes to your imagination, make it up. And so they go back to the group and they're doing the work and they just go, okay, well, I see this. And everyone's like, whoa, how did you know? Like, what, you know, so, <laughs> yes. so that's probably the most important message. You, you, you could be this, you could engage with all of this and it just, it, it could feel like hardly anything's happening, but that doesn't mean it's not happening and producing results, which is key. Right. Mm. And that's so powerful because it's just a reminder that everything is sacred. You know, even the littlest right. inclinations that you have or intuitive hits, you know, that can be spirit calling you. And, and I love that you kind of reset that for us, that it's not, it's not this Hollywood big kind of radical thing that happens. It's just these little beautiful moments throughout your day. And so that. I think it's beautiful. And, and it brings me to my next question, which is, um, you know, how are you kind of invoking sacred ritual or ceremony into your daily life? Or could you just talk to us a little bit about what some of your practices are? Yeah, absolutely. And, and before I, I'll just go back a little bit and add on to what we were talking about this one point as mm -hmm. well, is that it's, it's not always seems magical. Like sometimes the team, particularly this lineage, makes things as easy as possible for us. So someone will walk in the room and they'll go, can you tell me what my power animal is? And they're wearing like a hummingbird shirt that they put on that moment. So you just go, hummingbird. <laughs> like you don't have to. Sometimes they, or you saw a movie the other night or you see a truck that drives by with a lion on it. You go, oh, you know, so, right, it's the grace of the lineage. It doesn't have to be magical to be on a truck on the side of a truck. Yep. So anyway, <laughs> just, to, just to add to that. Um, I love now, that. Well, well, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it just, the magic is everywhere. It, in other words, the, there is no separation of spirit and matter, right? So the mundane of a shirt or a truck or something could be just as, you know, uh, spectacular as a, you know, a, a sign in the top of the Himalayas, you know, with some sort of, you know, eagle flying over, you know what I mean? So they're not mm -hmm. separate. Anyway, um, so what I do, uh, again, I've gotten to a point where I've recognized and learned. It took me a while to figure all this out, by the way. This isn't just because, I mean, you know, I've been at this for 20 years. So it's not, like the first yeah. 10 years I was, I was doing everything and it was, you know, I was under the same. But what I do is, um, You know, when I um, start the day, if anything, I'll, you know, just kind of, um, you know, ring a bell, just do a quick, just anything that just says, okay, 
here we go. You know, <laughs> it's like a blessing for the day, kind of calling on the team, kind of clearing any energies that might have been swimming around at, at night, which is which can be typical, you know. Uh, and and then when I'm in the shower, I do the cleansing of the chakras with the with the water, you know. Uh, and um, and then because and for those I'm, that don't know what. For those oh. that don't really understand what, what that is, can you just briefly tell us how you clear your chakras yeah. in the shower? Yeah, and, and I also have, I think there's a video on my website on the homework section of some mm. of this, on my YouTube page. I, at this point, I find it's all up there, I think. But, but yeah, we'll link like, to that. yeah. Yeah, there's, um, you're just using your hand against the simple things, right? So you're in the shower already. You, you, you rinse your hand in the water and you, you backwash your chakras counterclockwise from the first all the way up while you're rinsing. And then you wind them up again. And it's like, that's just like a really quick cleansing of anything that might have, you know, gotten stuck in the, in the chakras for any reason because we still live in a world that's a bit upside down. It doesn't support us crying, screaming, and yelling every time we feel a little something, right? where they would mm -hmm. cleanse naturally. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, that's one of, you know, some of the simpler ones. Sometimes I'll, if I feel particularly funky, like I sort of, my great human imperfection allowed energy to come in or whatever, or felt bad about myself for some reason and allowed something to grab on or something. You know, I'll do the Palo Santo, burn a little Palo Santo around that works well, or even holy water from my old uh, Catholic upbringing and, you know, call on the great, the great ones to help. Um, I think that's a big one is connecting to our team, our non-physical teams, you know, remembering we're not doing all this ourselves and you shouldn't take that responsibility on. And it's a bit much to even assume that that's possible. So, you know, as you know, the initiation rites in the shamanic tradition connect us to these teams and then any other religion or anything else we've ever connected to, right, we can call on mm -hmm. and really use that. Like really allow yourself to ask for help, command it even, and, uh, and receive it unconditionally. Like they don't expect you to do push-ups or light a candle or run around, you know, the circle three times. Like that's just for us sometimes to feel like, right? We're connecting mm -hmm. to the but but they're ready to go to work for us, you know, like mm -hmm. that. And so we just have to remember that call on them. So I do that. Like I have my altar, I have my I have pictures of, of my, you know, representations of my team and, and that's where I might go and just do a do a quick gratitude thing, you know, for clearing and helping and whatnot. Beautiful. When, when you're working with clients, um, it's common to, to talk about, you know, you can never solve an issue in the level that it's in. Mm -hmm. And in, in the hero tradition, you know, we work in the four different levels. Yeah. And so I'm wondering if you could share a little bit about how, you have used the mythic or ritual or ceremony to help certain clients kind of transmute through things that they've been working on that maybe exist in like a physical or an emotional plane. Mm -hmm. Can you describe that a little bit? 
Yeah. Um, gosh, it's one of those things that's so just natural to me now. It's, it's, I haven't been asked to describe it in a while, so I'll do my best. Um, Back to basics. Right. I love it. Um, <laughs> let's see. So, yeah, if I'm working with a client, you know, and they tell me, here's what's going on with my health or in my emotions, my relationship, whatever their issues are, right? First thing, of course, that's important to us is to go to the experiential. Right. So they're not just the, the, the thing who did what to whom is incidental. So I want to get it down to, well, what are you, what, what are you feeling and what would you prefer, you know, to be feeling about? It? What do you want experientially? Right? That alone helps to reframe it hugely sometimes. Like they thought this was happening to them, but the truth is they were just having this experience that was, you know, something else. So, so that's the first step just to kind of get it get it dialed in to what are we dealing with experientially. Then, you know, I open space like you did and, and rattle. I use my rattles because I do a lot of phone and Skype. And, you know, in person, it could be a little more ritualistic because they're laying down and you're putting the stones on them and you're doing all of these things. But a lot of my sessions over phone and Skype, I, I rattle because that's what on it. On every level, one, it helps me get into an altered state because of the rhythm. Two, it's the movement, which is the ritual, right? And now from there, it's anything's possible. So it's like I could be in the room with them. I can imagine looking around their energy field. I can imagine the stones pulling the energies of whatever's happening. So, you know, it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't take much. It's not like it has to be very elaborate just something a little bit out of the ordinary, have them breathe differently than they normally do. Anything, mm. right? Even that's probably the biggest one, right? Change their, their normal habit of breathing by having them breathe with you immediately puts them into an altered state, allows, them to, allows us both to access that deeper level, you know, the, the soul level, the, the auron chakras, the energy level. So that's, uh, you know, just opening space does that, right? It turns you from normal, I'm just going to get groceries mode to I'm doing, you know, doing some shamanic work now, right? Mm-hmm. Putting on a necklace, taking it off, doing just the simplest thing um, can shift out of the ordinary and into the deeper archetypal, mythic, and energy levels. that answered your question i'm not sure yeah and i'm just i'm (laughs) loving this like thread this theme that's kind of coming up in our conversation about just the sweetness of simplicity right like that everything just putting a necklace on i love that can be just a sacred act of you know getting ready for your day and Mm -hmm. um and I just think that that's so beautiful and so attainable for so many people that are listening that are maybe wanting to evolve their spiritual practice or incorporate, you know, more sweetness in their life that mm-hmm. I think we tend to beat ourselves up. It has to be this regimented thing yeah. and it really doesn't. No, because then you won't do it or if it's not fun, you won't do it. I always felt like that when I, when I t- would teach like um, shamanic, you know, journeying or kind of quote-unquote meditation practices that aren't like classical meditation but more like you know the kahuna break or doing some of these things um 
it's like you're really only going to do the one you like to do. Like if you're a musician and you want to play piano and they're teaching you guitar, you're going to quit at some point, right? So mm -hmm. I would teach like seven of them and okay, okay, pick one or two that you actually enjoy so that you would you will do it, right? Because the basis of life is not work and healing journey. It's fun. It's play. We we mm. we hope that one day nobody needs any of this stuff we're talking about. They're just kids playing back in the in the garden again, so to speak, right? So it's like remember that. And this work should be much more play than work. Mm. To you know because it's more powerful when you work with the carol, you know, going to Peru as much as I did and working with our, our carol teachers, always playing in the middle of the most intense, powerful ceremony. They're joking, they're poking at each other, they're, you know, doing <laughs> all kinds of things because there's power, much more power in that than seriousness. In my mm. experience, in my opinion. Mm. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. What about uh, rites of passage? What about, you know, if we just look at our society today and, you know, do rites of passage still exist yeah. in certain communities? And, and can you talk about that and the importance yes. of rites of passage? It's not so much that, you know, a lot of this stuff got tossed out, right? When the feminine got tossed out, the masculine took or the fear-driven masculine. Anyway, so... It's not that it, you can f need to go find it and where does it exist? I mean, there's bar mitzvah, bat mitzvah in the Jewish community, and that's kind of essentially the rite of passage for adulthood, but it's, it's kind of lost a lot of it. Like a lot of the things that were incorporated into religion lost a bit of the, the original intent, if you will. But my thing is that it, you don't have to find it. You create it. You do it. You're no less human than the ones who started these things 5,000 years ago. They're, they don't, they didn't know any better than you. So you create your rite of passage, you know, like, um, gosh, you know, a lot of parents that I work with whose children are 13, 14, it's about that time, you know, it's like I tell them all you have to do is this, this is what they used to do. You know, they would tie a cord to you, cut it, you know, and they'd pass you through a tree or a hole in the ground. You know, like that was the elaborate when we had time to do those things. But it's like you could just like get a couple of sticks and tie a yarn in between and, and you hold it and the, the teenager holds it. And you pull it apart, you know, and it's just there's just really simple ways to uh, mark these right on these passages with with just any kind of ritual that's out of again out of the ordinary basically and it and there's no right or wrong way to do it there's no judge or scorekeeper there's nobody that says it needs to be this way or that way so just do what works do it do it do what works in your context in your culture in your lifestyle and um and they're important i mean Anything you can do, this is the way I like to say it, anything you could do on the level of the mind, right? Be, be it visualizing or meditating or, you know, strategizing or anything. If you can find a way to do it on the mythic, if you can find a way to ritualize it or create poetry, art, music, images, symbols, it's going to be that much more powerful. So that's all people need to do. Oh, I'm going to go do this. Or I'm going to... 
you know, do this action or do this thought or do this minute. And it's like, okay, well, how would you do that? You know, through ritual, ceremony, images, symbols, art, music, poetry, and then just do it, right? So meditating to cut the cords, to clear your mind so that you're not, you're present in the moment, or you can just do the kahuna break. <laughs> okay, so that's, and make it up. Like, that's the way I was taught to do it through this other modality called theta healing with bionostable. But there's, you yeah. could use, you know, I think in our four wind training, we would, we would use swords, right? We, <laughs> you know, it's yep. like, do it the way you love. Do what you, do what would be fun. Yeah. I've um, talked a lot about the, in state, I, I learned it this way, you know, right. and then you yeah. question the it. Break, right? Yeah. And, um, and I've talked to several people at work. I said, you know, if you come out of a meeting and yeah. you're just like, what went on in there? I was like, you know, you can just do this. Yes. You know, I'm, and for those that aren't watching the video, I'm just kind of sliding my hand across my face and down my chest. Um, yeah. And that's just kind of breaking the energy yeah. and people love it. And I see yeah. people coming out of meetings and they're like, Whoop. right. You know, totally. um, yeah. so it's, it's simple mm. and fun and, and it's mythic. It works. So it's effective. Yeah. Super effective. Yeah. Hundred percent. Mm. Um, well, this has just been so great. You've been fantastic, and I think I'd love to to kind of end um, in just allowing. If there's anything on your heart, John, that you feel like needs to come through, or people need to hear, you know, what would that be? <laughs> Um, I'm laughing because I feel like that's, that's what we've been doing. <laughs> any last, any, that's any all last, we ever do. Any last, <laughs> um, well, any last little nuggets that no, we I appreciate it. No, I appreciate out. it. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm stalling. I'm trying to come up. With it. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, okay. So here's what came like. Um, allow there to be new, something new, newness, new beginnings. Like, don't ever feel like it's all been done or you, there's nothing more or there's nothing that can change. Or like, if there's one thing I've learned in doing this work, as long as I have is, you know, 10,000 sessions or whatever, it's like, and thinking I've seen it all. It, there is always a new experience situation that just kind of makes me go, wow, I didn't think, you know, I'd ever see that, you know? So, so just know that like uh, the way nature works, it seeks greater complexity. There's always new. It's what we do. It's, 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 and so just allow for that. Like, do rituals that are like the death rebirth, like do, do something that says, okay, that's, that's done. I'm ready for something new. Mm. And then be, allow yourself to be surprised by the mysterious ways of the universe. Yeah. Mm. I love that. I feel like so many people sometimes are afraid, you know, they're afraid of totally. of trying something new or taking a leap of faith. And I was, I was actually watching a, a Pilates documentary the other day and it, 
and it was a quote by Ron Fletcher. And he said, you know, take the leap, the net will catch you. Yeah. And I was like, that's really beautiful. You know, you can take a leap of faith. You can take a risk and know that there will always be a net there for you. And, and just that image really, really resonated with me when we think about embarking on something new. Um, there's so much fear wrapped around that for many people. Um, and so I feel like specifically this work, it can really help people kind of move through some of those beliefs, thought patterns, you know, past life stuff that might be preventing them or keeping them stuck, you know? So I, I love that last bit of wisdom that you shared, yeah. you know, be surprised by the mysteries of the universe and yeah. allow the new to come through. Yeah. And change the rules, break the rules, learn, you know, like we were taught that one of the things I really picked up on is here's how we're teaching you how it's been done. But if you find a new way to do it, do it. Change it. Even this mm -hmm. work, even the most sacred, even the most traditional. It's okay for you to find a new way to do it. Mm -hmm. Your way. And so it's the same it's just even within this work or any other modality or any other tradition, it's okay, right, to, to try something new. Mm. Love that. Well, John, it's been amazing and wonderful to connect with you. Thank you so much for sharing all of this beautiful wisdom with everybody. <laughs> Thanks and I will that. link um, to your website in our show notes. So if anyone wants to get in touch with you, I'll, I'll definitely link to where you can find Shaman John. Thank you so Thank much, you. Amber. I appreciate it. Take care.